Before we get started, I want you to do something for me. I want you to take out your outline, look in your bulletin, take out your outline, and write down, you see some lines there, write down everything you prayed for last week. This past week, since last Sunday, write down what you prayed for. Just take a minute. Um, There's a space with several lines there. Uh, We're not going to collect them. We're not going to have you come up and share it with everybody. It's just for you and your purposes. If you didn't pray at all or you're not sure what you prayed for, then you can leave it blank. But if you prayed, I want you to just write it down. Just take a minute for that. What are some of the things that you prayed? You can be so, so specific as you want or whatever, but just so that you know. <laughs> okay, you got it? The reason I wanted you to do that is because we are looking at the, in the looking in the book of Acts at the boldness of the early church. Now, and we're going to be talking about prayer today. We know that there are several things which contributed to the boldness of the disciples. For one, they were, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were emboldened from that. And two, they had spent time with Jesus and they knew what they believed. They were emboldened by that. And because last week we learned that, that as we started this series, we learned that boldness is behavior that's born out of belief. It's behavior that comes from what we believe, what we really believe. When we really believe something, we tend to be bold about it. When we're not sure about something, we tend to be timid or hesitant, right? When you're bold, you really believe something, you're bold about it, you're confident about it. For example, let's say you're going to be taking a road trip somewhere, and your car is reliable car, it's in good shape, you've not had any problems lately, then you don't hesitate to get in and, and drive halfway across the country, right? Because you know you got a reliable car. You know you got a car that you can count on. But if your car is old and it has a history of breaking down frequently and maybe your gas gauge is unreliable and your tires are bald and it overheats frequently then you hesitate before taking it on the road, right? Because you don't have the confidence in it. You don't have the confidence that it will, that it will take, take you safely to your destination. So boldness and confidence is behavior that's born out of belief. Now today we're going to talk about bold prayers. And our main thought today comes out of what we learned last week, the boldness is behavior born out of belief. Our main thought comes from that. And our main thought for today is this. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. What you pray for is a reflection of what you believe about God. For example, if you don't pray, it reflects that either you don't believe in God Or you don't believe that he answers prayer. If you ask everyone else to pray for you, but don't pray yourself, then it reflects that 
You don't believe that he answers your prayer, just other people's. If your prayers are all small prayers, if they're little prayers, then you probably don't believe that God answers big prayers. If you prayed but all of your prayers were for yourself, bless me, be with me, comfort me, help me, then it reflects the belief that God's purpose is actually to serve you. When people hold that belief and God doesn't do what they want him to, they get offended. They say, well, God must not be real, or if he is, he doesn't care about me, and go down that road. See, what we pray for really is a reflection of what we believe about God. And actually, even the way we talk about prayer, even the way the language we use, the way we talk about prayer reflects what we believe about God. You know, when, when someone finds themselves in a difficult situation and they don't know what to do, and they throw their hands up and say, well, all I can do is pray. Then what is that saying? It's saying that you see prayer as a last resort because God is the last resort. And he's just reserved for when something is too big for you to handle on your own. It's like, I can handle all this other stuff on my own. But this over here, all I can do is pray. That's it. So much of our belief is reflected in how... And what we pray. Now, let me ask you another question. Take a look at the list of things that you put down what you prayed for. If God answered everything on the list you just made, if he answered yes, 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 to everything you, just, you, you prayed this week, how would the world be different? Not how would your life be different, you know, all my bills would be paid, car would be fixed, kids would sleep through the night, whatever. By the way, those are all good things to pray. God cares about all the details in our lives, and we need to pray those things. But if everything on that list was answered with a yes, what would be different in the world? See, we are looking at the boldness of the early church as exemplified specifically in, as we're looking at it, in the lives of Peter and John in the book of Acts. And their boldness changed the world. Last week we saw a story, it's a familiar story, we've talked about it several times lately, how, how, how Peter had been filled with the Holy Spirit, and when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he went out and he preached with boldness. He preached about Jesus, and, and talk about bold, I mean, he went out to the crowd and he said, you nailed him to the cross, you crucified him, he, he point blank put it on the crowd, and he told them they needed to repent of their sins, and, and you know, pretty bold statements, but they're bold statements that led to 3,000 people coming to faith in Jesus. Then a few days later, Peter and John, they encountered a lame beggar on the way into the temple, and they healed him. And the religious leaders got upset when this happened. They didn't like the fact that they healed this man. And, 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 um, uh, uh, and th they got upset. They threw Peter and John in jail, threw them in jail. And the next day, the religious leaders brought them out, and they began interrogating them. They threatened them. And they would have liked to have done a whole lot more, except they had this problem. This guy that had been lame for 40 years and now was running around, you know, talking and telling everybody. So it would not have been in their 
they, they, they would not have been popular with the people if they just went and did away with, uh, with Peter and John. Public opinion would have been really against the, the religious council. So they, they, they threaten them and then they release them with threats if, uh, you know, and threaten them if they continued to talk about Jesus, there would be more consequences. And this is where we pick up in Acts, 20, Acts chapter 4, verse, starting verse 23, <clears throat> is when they're released from the prison or from the jail. It says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had sent to them. So they reported, like, hey, they, they threw us in jail, as you know that, and then they threatened us not to talk about the name of Jesus anymore. They, they, they reported all that the elders had said to them. When they heard this, when the, when the, the church heard this the, uh, uh, from Peter and John, says they raised their voices together to God. The response was they raised their voices together. They were united in their prayer, not just in location, not just in their voices, but they could raise their voices together because their hearts were united as one. You know, this is something that is so essential when we talk about prayer in the church and we talk about bold prayers and we talk about going before the Father. When we come in a place of unity and the church is united in heart, there's power in our prayer. When Jesus prayed for the church in John 17, some of his final moments, just hours before he was arrested and crucified, he prayed this prayer. He said, that, asked the Father, he said, let the church be one. That we would be one. That we would be in unity with each other and with him. There's power when the church comes together and is united as one. There's power in prayer. Psalm 133 says that when God's people are in unity, he commands his blessing to flow. He commands his blessing on, the, on his people when they're in unity to flow from, from Aaron's head down to the beard and, and, and the priestly garments down his body. It's refreshing. It's powerful. Unity is something that God values, and he has strong things to say about anything that is a threat to that unity or anyone. You know, like, like uh, 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 um, Titus 3.10 says, Warn a divisive person once, warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. He has strong words for those, but, but when we are in unity, when we come together as one body, there's power in that. Now, look how they prayed. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Then he quotes from Psalm 2. When he said, and Psalm 2 says, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against his, anointing one, his anointed one. So they're quoting from Psalm 2, and then they continue in verse 27 of Acts 4. He says, Indeed, Herod and Pilate met together in the, with, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So like this did not surprise you, God. It did not surprise you at all. So now, so far, what they've done as they've prayed is they've postured themselves before the Lord in prayer. Okay, they've postured themselves. They didn't just start right in and say, okay, God, we need you to do this for us. 
They postured themselves in prayer. They lifted up the Lord's name and they exalted him. They acknowledged him as sovereign Lord and creator and king. So they're lifting him up. They're exalting him. They're acknowledging him. And then they get bold with their prayer requests. Here's what they prayed. And what they prayed, each one of us can pray. First, they prayed for boldness. They would need boldness, so they prayed for boldness. Here's their prayer, verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. It wasn't, Lord, make them back down from their threats. It was a request to give them boldness in the face of a very real and present danger. In the face of their threats. Their lives were on the line. And rather than pray for safety, they prayed for boldness. I've caught myself before where I've been praying and say, Lord, I, you know, I pray for safety in this situation. I pray for safety in, the, in, in, in any given situation instead of, Lord, give me boldness in the situation. When I'm facing danger, when I'm facing uncertainty, when I'm facing threats, give me boldness in this situation. See, their focus wasn't on what those against them were threatening to do. Their focus was on God and what God could enable them to do. So they prayed, Lord, give us boldness in the face of the threats and the opposition. We don't want to back down, but we need your boldness to move forward. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, how would our community and how would our nation be different if all the believers started praying for boldness? Now, boldness does not mean standing up to somebody in an obnoxious way and getting in their face. Boldness is standing confident in the Lord and what he has said and who he is and who you are in him. But I started thinking about this and I thought back and I thought, I need to reread some books. I need to reread Fox's Book of Martyrs. Has anybody here read Fox's Book of Martyrs before at all? A few of you. You want to talk about boldness? You want to talk about courage? Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. And in that book, you'll see a couple of things. You'll see unbelievable boldness and courage in the face of persecution. You'll also see the ugly side of the church because parts of the church didn't believe in the other parts of the church and got involved in the persecution as well. But it's a reality check that this world is not about our comfort. Now, I like to be comfortable as much as the next person, but it's not about me being comfortable at all. And when you read Fox's Book of Martyrs or you read the accounts of, um, oh, who, who am I thinking of? What's, what's the... the, the group that I'm thinking of, uh, persecuted church and, and uh, 
you know, groups that, you know, are, are involved with the persecuted church and, and give stories out and, you know, um, uh, about the persecuted church. And you look at the persecution that's going on now. Man without boldness, there's no way that people could stand up. Without boldness, there's no way that, that, that the courage would be there to, to uh, 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 do the things that, that God has given the church to do. So they prayed, Lord, give us boldness. And then, as if that wasn't enough, they got even bolder. Because then they prayed for miracles. I mean, listen to their prayer. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, then it says, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with boldness. And as you read through the book of Acts, you see that signs and wonders, miracles were done. Now, I want you to think about something here. They prayed for the miracles. They prayed for healings, for signs and wonders. And they prayed with expectation. It wasn't a, well, God, I hope you could do this. I, it sure would be nice. I kind of don't think you will, but... If you would, it would be, I'd be really appreciative. No, they prayed with expectation as well as boldness. And, and think about this. When they pray for healings, isn't that what got them in trouble in the first place? Isn't that what got them threatened and put in jail in the first place? Healing a guy? I mean, it's exactly what. They were thrown in prison and were threatened because they did the very thing that they're now praying to, to, to Jesus and saying, do more of it. I know we just got put in jail for it. I know we just got uh, uh, threatened with it. But Lord, we ask for more. We need more of it. Bring more healing. Bring signs and wonders. They prayed for more. Bold prayers are the kind of prayers that will change our community. We keep praying for more and we keep asking for more. We keep saying, God, stretch out your hand. God, do the impossible. God, do what nobody else expects. Reach into this situation. Those kinds of prayers will be prayers that change our community, prayers that change our country, and prayers that change our world. If we want big answers to our prayer, then we've got to have bold prayers. We have to. James tells us that we don't have because we don't ask, or we ask with wrong motives. I believe that God is calling us to pray bold prayers. So what does that mean? If you're taking notes, find a blank spot on your outline because it's, uh, it's, it's on the screen, but it's not on your, on your notes. What are, some bold, what are bold prayers? What do they look like? What are some characteristics of it? One, bold prayers are big prayers. They're big prayers. And they're specific prayers. Bold prayers are ones that when they're answered, you know that they're answered. You know it. Not general prayers like, Lord, bless us. Lord, help us. Help your people. Bless your people. I mean, yeah, God helps us all the time. He blesses us all the time. But bold prayers are ones that... that they're big prayers and they're specific prayers. You know when they're answered. God, we need you to do this. And right, bold prayer was when 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 
Peter and John, you know, took, took that man's and said, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. That's a bold prayer. Bold prayers are prayed out of confidence, not timidity. They're prayed out of confidence. We approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we have the right to approach his throne because of Christ's blood that was shed for us and who we are in Christ. We know who we are, so we have confidence, and we go before him, and, and we're, we're, that, that boldness is, is confidence. We're not like, God, if you could do this for me, it would be really cool. It's not timidity, it's confidence. Bold prayers are prayers of faith, not despair. Praying out of desperation and praying out of faith are not the same thing. And when I say faith, I don't mean that, that, you know, I I really believe God is going to do exactly what I say. I mean faith in Jesus. Not faith in our prayer, faith in Jesus. Bold prayers are prayers of faith, not, their, not despair. They're, bold, they're, 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 they're prayers that trust in Jesus and that look to Jesus. See, despair is focused on the enormity of the problem, and it doesn't see any hope. Faith is focused on God, with whom nothing is impossible and it waits with anticipation. And that leads us to the fourth thing, and that is bold prayers are prayed with expectation. Prayed with expectation. They're not just asking God to do something. They're prayed expecting God to do something big. Because there's a confidence in who Jesus is. Bold prayers can be hard to pray. It's hard to pray in faith sometimes, right? I love what John Wimber used to say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. There's always a risk. But bold answers only come when bold prayers are prayed. If you want bold answers, if I want bold answers, then we need to pray bold prayers. I remember a couple of years ago, it was right around Christmas time, I heard of a little boy named Jackson who was very ill, two years old. And he had developed a life-threatening complications from an E. coli infection. And soon he was in a battle for his life. His kidneys were failing. He was experiencing seizures. He was having trouble with his respiratory system. Two years old. His parents, Joel and Janie Taylor, are leaders with Bethel Music. And... When the situation looked bleak, prayers for Jackson started flooding the internet. I remember seeing them coming across the internet 
you know, every day. You know, there were updates, there were prayers coming out for, for, for two-year-old Jackson. Pray for him, he's going downhill. Pray for him, it's not looking good. Pray for him, his kidneys are starting to shut down and so forth. Asking for bold prayers and asking for a miracle. In the middle of the struggle, the Taylors found out that not only was Jackson struggling, but their daughter had the same strand of E. coli and was in danger of developing the same complications. Talking about the ordeal later, Joel said this, the father said this, there's a time when you've said every prayer you can say and you don't have the strength to praise and worship anymore. You haven't slept for weeks and you're just kind of undone. The flip side of that is, I feel like that was the moment that I really began to feel the prayers around the world. Talk about the need for the church. Talk about the need for a being plugged into a community of faith. When these prayer requests went around the world, when he came to the point where he had nothing left to give, suddenly the prayers from around the world could be felt. Have you ever felt that God's people were praying for you? Have you ever felt that someone's praying for you? There's times in my life where I've felt like all of a sudden I, can, I, I, I knew that people were praying for me because I felt those prayers. And, and at one point, they called some friends of theirs, Jonathan David and Melissa Hessler. They called the friends and, and, and said it, it, it didn't look like Jackson was going to make it through the night. They didn't, doctors didn't expect him to make it through the night. And the Hesslers were devastated. So, you know, Jonathan, he's, he said he felt like this giant of unbelief stood before him. But at the same time, he said he also felt this melody just erupt out of his heart with faith and with boldness. There's this giant of unbelief in front of him. He's not going to make it. Your friend's two-year-old boy is, is, is not going to make it. This giant of unbelief. But then something inside just welled up inside him. And, the, and this melody came out and, and uh, just erupted out of his heart with faith and boldness. And that's, how the story of, that's the story of how the song Raise a Hallelujah came about. As it turns out, Jackson turned a corner at that point. And he did make it through the night. And he continued to improve. And then after about a month in the hospital, on January 16th, 2018, the whole Taylor family went home from the hospital. Jackson and daughter, well. When it looked like everything was going against them, bold prayers, prayers for miracles, prayer for healing, bold prayers were lifted up, Worship was lifted up, and the tide was turned because of the bold prayers and the worship lifted up from God's people. Let's have the worship team come on up.